We are so excited to announce that we have opened the doors to our private membership community, The Symposium. Inside The Symposium, you have access to all of our free and paid content, daily prompts to pull to, live monthly workshops, reading room Zooms, and monthly virtual meetups. We also host monthly challenges and have a lively and engaged community, as well as tarot spread and resource libraries. The Symposium is an incredible community of like-minded folks who value the intersection of tarot, mental health, self-reflection, and personal growth. We're really excited to meet you all inside the symposium. So head over to thetarotdiagnosis.com and click join the symposium today to become a part of our community. You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who trained together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Luna. Hey, Shannon. So today we're talking about cognitive distortions, specifically the concept of blaming, which we, you know, we were talking about, oh, we should make this kind of like a, a series. And then we realized, oh, we kind of already are because we have, we've had several episodes where we've already talked about uh, several cognitive distortions, like catastrophizing and magical thinking. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, we just continue to go through the list because there's like 15 of them and all of us engage in them in some way or another. So today we're talking about the idea of blaming. Yeah, I like this idea so much. And I liked sort of that moment of realization. We, I mentioned cognitive distortions last week um, and sort of said something like, you know, I don't know if we've really like talked about this, but this is kind of bread and butter for therapists. Like there yeah. are the, these concepts of cognitive distortions. And when we're working with clients, we kind of look for them. We're like, oh, look, there's some black and white thinking. Oh, look, there's some catastrophizing. And so I think it is like really fun to kind of go through each one. And I don't know, I, I like this topic of blaming. I'm not sure why, but well, maybe I do, but I, I think it's a really interesting one and it's a fun one to work through with a client and to work through yourself. I mean, I guess I like yeah. it because it's so empowering once it's broken. I think that you using the word empowering is really important because and you use bread and butter, which, you know, as I was thinking about blaming, it really is like the pillar of self-awareness <laughs> and yes. therapy because it's one of the most common, I feel like, cognitive distortions that we have all experienced or that we definitely work on in therapy. And I see it as really kind of the main mode of beginning to talk about effective communication and, and taking accountability and owning your own experiences and learning how to kind of be patient and, and process what's, what's happening with you and, and another person, mm -hmm. uh, which going back to you using the phrase bread and butter is really like kind of the meat of therapy. Very much so, because I mean, I think that it does really come down to an issue of personal responsibility of an, and empowerment. Once we learn how to say, this is mine, what is that wonderful phrase that you have? Like, this is mine, this is not mine, I know what I can do. What's that phrase that you say? Oh, I am who I am, I know what I know, I care about this. I mean, I love that. Like, I think that that can apply to this. This is sort mm -hmm. of like, this is what it is, I understand what it is, this is what I can do, okay, great. Yeah. 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 So I feel like we should kind of identify or maybe even uh, define what exactly it means to, to blame in terms of a cognitive distortion, because mm. I feel like, you know, it's, when we use the word blame, I mean, that could mean a lot of different things for people, but it's essentially it's 
when we're talking about it in terms of cognitive distortions, it's when something happens and we just can't or won't take responsibility for something. So it's, we assign responsibility to another person kind of regardless of, of what's happening. Actually, uh, Brene Brown, if you're familiar with her, she uh, gives a really good example of the cognitive distortion aspect of this. And she has this cute anecdote that she shares about how one morning she had filled uh, her coffee up and she was wearing like a cute outfit and she drops the mug and <laughs> the coffee splatters all over her cute outfit. The mug is shattered. And the first thing she says is, damn it, Steve, which is her husband. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the way she describes that because it's like, yes, that is the perfect example of blaming in terms of a cognitive distortion. Clearly, like her husband wasn't even there, had nothing to do with the fact that she dropped (laughs) the mug. Um, But then she goes to talk about how, you know, the blaming aspect came in with her husband when he was he was out doing something and she's like, can you just be home by 10 because I can't fall asleep if you're not home? And he came home a little bit later. So she blamed the fact that she was making a second cup of coffee and then the coffee spilled like on her husband when really it had nothing to do with him. <laughs> oh my God. It's a great story, right? Right. And I don't know, like, again, it's kind of firing something up in me because I think that, well, I guess I'll just like show all my cards. This was a distortion that I personally had to work on a lot. Me too. It's tough. It's really tough. Still working on it. I mean, I'm still working on it. And like, I was sort of reflecting on this on a personally this morning and it, it, it's interesting because blame can exist on the spectrum, which I think I want to talk yes. about in a minute. But when I was younger, I mean, when I was youthful in my teens um, and maybe in like through early adulthood, I just couldn't, everything was always somebody else's fault. Like I really couldn't take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hearing that story, like I laugh because I remember like that would be how I used to react. And yeah. I think I'm laughing in part because it feels so good to not mm-hmm. do that. It feels so yeah. good to have been able to release that and not sort of when something bad happens, look around for who can I pin this on? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think ultimately what it was true for me is the reason I needed to pin it on somebody else was because I couldn't bear the idea that I made a mistake because what yes. would that mean about me? I like that you're saying what it would mean about me. I, for me personally, in terms of blaming, it's, it's a, it's so painful to think that I've screwed up or done something wrong Mm -hmm. that it's, I can't bear to feel any more of the pain Mm -hmm. of making a mistake or doing something. So I need to find someone or something else to put this on because I can't handle any more of the discomfort, which you're, I love that you talked about how, when you were, you're laughing, because there's also like a sense of relief knowing that you don't have to necessarily experience that as much anymore. And it's true. There is this almost, I know for me, I mean, and it's still a process, I'm still working on it, but there's something really rewarding about when you are in that moment and you realize, Oh, I would have blamed Mm-hmm. someone else for this. Mm-hmm. And you almost have like a moment of like, like that light bulb moment where it's like, Oh, look at this is growth. Yeah. This is working. Okay. I am moving forward. This is good. This is the 
direction I'm supposed to be taking. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, the really exciting part is when I make a mistake and I can just acknowledge it, say, Ooh, mm-hmm. oopsies. And to realize that nothing bad happens right, when I am right. like, Oh, that was my fault. Oh, right. okay. We can move on. And I think that for me, that was the root of the blaming distortion was a, a worry that terrible, like that I was going to get in bigger trouble. Right. Right. And that's the whole point of like, (laughs) when we blame, we want to avoid that. So really blaming is about avoidance. And what we're going to be talking about today is (laughs) the opposite of avoidance. You're going to have to like face it head on. (laughs) I feel like we could start talking in a totally different direction right now too, which is exciting, but we should pull a card. We should. What deck are you using? Um, I reached for crow because I feel like it's like kind of tricky thinking. So I felt like crow tarot would work. How about you? So I'm doing something brave and different today. (laughs) I'm using a totally different deck. I wasn't going to buy any new decks. I'm in the middle of moving, (laughs) but I did some retail therapy. Uh, Someone in the symposium uh, has been using hush tarot a lot and I've been uh, so in love with it for a while. And so I, took the leap and I grab it. So I'm using Hush Tarot today. I'm pretty excited. Oh, what fun. That is yeah. great. And it's a beautiful deck. I've been eyeballing it. It really is. Yeah, but now you have it. So, you know. <laughs> you can still get it. I, I want Tarot of the Abyss. And I know we have this thing where it's like, oh, I can't have a deck that you have. <laughs> but we totally can. We need to get over that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What did you get? I pulled the Hermit. Oh. Yeah. It, it's cute because it's an owl. It's actually a horned owl. Oh, there's a lot going on in here. There's gears inside of it. That's interesting. What did you get? <laughs> okay, so Crotero delivers. I got judgment. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you, I love the way you talk about judgment, so go for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like, at least for me, I mean, like, I, I guess I am just really acknowledging how much, like, I'm going to be bringing myself into this episode, which I don't do very often, and I rarely do in therapy, you know, like when we do therapy, like one of the questions that we always have to ask ourselves is, am I going to tell this story because it's helpful to the client or because I want to tell this story? And I've gotten myself Mm -hmm. so trained that I don't talk about myself. And I always almost feel like I have to be very careful, but I I think that this um, is a better platform for it. So like my own story feels very much aligned with blaming and judgment. So many people get uncomfortable with the judgment card. I mean, we hear that all the Mm -hmm. time, right? People don't like this card because they don't like the idea of being judged, particularly in a traditional deck. um, There's an extra layer of some religion trauma around people being uh, the moral authorities in a really evil way. I'm not talking about all people in religion. I'm talking about people who use religion in an evil way, which there are a lot of. And the idea that we're going to have this all-powerful, all-knowing entity who has the ability to pass judgment on you. It feels so, um, so alone. And so like that you have no control. I'm being judged. Whereas actually the card is very different than that. What it's actually saying is you do have control. This is all about being able to take on the responsibility and being able to say, okay, like I can do what I can do. And this is on me. And guess what? I'm going to make mistakes. No doubt. I will have things that I'm not proud of. I will have mistakes. I will have just like mess ups and I will have deliberate bad choices, but I also have the free will 
to try to do my very best to correct them and to become in alignment again. That's what this card is really about. But blaming that cognitive distortion is the same distortion we see around the judgment card, this idea of I'm going to get in trouble. Mm, Yes, I love that. This idea that I'm going to get in trouble. That's exactly why I have a lot of trouble with the judgment card Mm -hmm. and why it makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't want to be perceived as being bad. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, you know, like you said, judged or do something wrong because then, you know, one, there's, there's a lack of control there and it gives someone, we feel like it gives someone power over us. I like that you use the word control. I'm thinking about that in terms of this hermit card too, because, because it is this, this owl, this, this horned owl, this fierce predator, but also super solitary and wise because it's the hermit. I almost want to talk about it reverse too, because I feel like, yeah, the reverse of this card is that lack of accountability, which is what we, is the main issue within the problem behavior of blaming. You know, it it makes, it makes sense to avoid holding ourselves accountable because there's a, a level of vulnerability there. And a lot of us don't like the judgment. We're afraid of that. We don't want to be seen. We don't want to be exposed. I was holding onto that word control because I think with blaming, we just want to identify someone else because then it's like, oh, we can say, here, you did this thing. Let me tell you what to do. Let me turn the focus on to you. Um, but I think what's important to note about that behavior with blaming is um, it's actually really damaging to our relationships with those people and our relationships to ourselves because we're essentially ruining the way we view those other people and the way they view us, which I think goes back to the reverse of this hermit card where it's not that healthy version of solitude in um, kind of uh, being alone. It's actually the, the dangerous side of that. It's pushing people away. It's that level of avoidance that is, that is really harmful. Oh God. So many things you just said. Right. And I'm like flipping out over like all of the things. Okay. Oh, like, Cause I'm still trying to process it. I feel like I was like, I have things I want to say. I don't know if they're making I sense. Mean, well, first of all, just like, let's just take the concept of this reversed hermit, this sort of like, I am a rock and like, yeah. you know, like the thing that I'm sort of hearing is like this voice, you know, it's sort of like comic book guy from the Simpsons and like Napoleon dynamite <laughs> kind of saying like, everybody's an idiot, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is like, I think we all actually have run into these people mm-hmm. and perhaps we are with this person who mm-hmm. just is constantly like, well, let me tell you, like, I know. And it's comical, Because we know those of us on the outside can look at this person and sort of say like, boy, you must feel really insecure. Like you're acting like you're really sure of yourself, but like you can't concede (laughs) a point. You can't say, oh, I learned something new. Wow. You must have an incredibly fragile ego. And I think that that's what we see in the hermit is this, Mm -hmm. I am like so above everybody else and so knowledgeable because I don't want anyone to be able to see where I'm human and flawed too. Now that's the reverse, put it upright 
and I'm going to go to the lantern, you know, like I recently mm-hmm. spent a week with this card, which was so fun. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah. I, like it was such a great exercise. Just to have one card for the week. It's so unlike me. Cause I'm like all the cards all the time. Right. Right. <laughs> but, um, that was a great exercise and a perfect card to do it with. I always keep looking at that lantern and this idea of having a guiding light and having this ability to say like, it's okay that there's darkness all around me. I can go towards this light. I can have sort of faith in this light. To me, the light is sort of your inner wisdom. And that actually echoes judgment card too. this ability to get into alignment. If you are, everyone's an idiot and I have to be away from everybody else. You're Mm -hmm. actually not doing hermit right at all. I I love the way you're talking about this. And I actually love thinking about the hermit and judgment card next to each other specifically for Mm -hmm. this topic, because I feel like it's very, like they play into each other so nicely here. It's, you know, the hermit is really kind of like who we want to be, but we're terrified of this being exposed and this judgment aspect. And yet here we are fully exposing ourselves when we are blaming. It's really interesting if you think about it. Yes. That is so interesting, right? There's that moment of like, it's all somebody else's fault. And we may as well have just like dropped our pants and like wiggled everything around just to be like, boy, that was a graphic image. Right? (laughs) Well, it's interesting that you say that because one of the, so, you know, I always pull a couple cards to, to guide the episode. And one of the cards I pulled was the Ace of Swords, which actually I pulled a lot of swords, swords and pentacles are what I pulled, which I mean, swords, I was like, oh, of course, this is great. But I think what you just said speaks to that, the shadow side of this Ace of Swords energy in terms of blaming, because, you know, something happens, we're pissed, now we're charging in, you know, we're being kind of showy, we're like, yeah, we're big and bad, you know, this particular card, that's a unicorn, there's all kinds of like bells and whistles all over the place, it looks very aggressive, you know, but we're, we're essentially just kind of like charging in because, you know, what we mentioned earlier, the pain of whatever happened is already super overstimulating and we don't, you know, thought of taking more ownership feels impossible. So, you know, we're trying to protect ourselves from more harm, but it goes back to that catch 22. I mean, I guess what I'm suggesting with the Ace of Swords is we're, I, we're more likely to cause harm by charging in and continuing to blame. You know, I think it's so interesting that you pulled so many swords because um, it's swords is a suit that I will say it's like my favorite suit. Like, and it is like, I really like the swords a lot. Like I tend to pull them a lot. And when I look at that, I can sort of chuckle at myself and say like, yes, of course, because I am a game player. And I guess we can sort of say that there's light in that and there's shadow in that. I really like to toy with ideas and I really like to sort of see what I can do with them. now. In the best framework, that means I can toy with an idea and flip something in a way and reframe it so that it's still true, but that it becomes helpful. That's what I do with clients all the time. I did a great one yesterday. I was like so proud. I was like, I can't believe I just did that. It was so like excellent. Like how I just completely like changed an idea for somebody. It's so fun to do that. At the same time, I also have the ability and I used to really lean into this a lot of figuring out what's the angle. What is the way where I can sort of like manipulate this so that it's not my fault or play a game so that I can be clever rather than Mm. being authentic. And I think Mm. that that's what you're looking at with this Ace of Swords. Like upright, it's like, okay, great. Like we're going to like do this in a new way. Reversed, it's like, how can I be tricky and clever? Mm 
I think you're exactly right. And oh, the way you described the the two versions of that, um, I'll bring in the devil card of this yes. deck then. I'm kind of yeah. just going through these really, really quickly, but you, the way you're talking about the cards, it's they I love how it's segueing so nicely. This card is actually really interesting with the artwork because there's two cats, but one of the cats is a woman's face and it really speaks to these two different sides of us, right? So mm-hmm. we can have one side of us that is maybe gentle and kind, but then we do have this side that is destructive, that is going to blame, going to charge in and cause more harm. And I think this is an important part of therapy too, you know, to remember that as we learn more about ourselves, it doesn't mean that we have to say, oh shit, I'm a blamer. And then that becomes your whole identity. Discovering that we might partake in blaming or other cognitive distortions doesn't define us or become like the whole mode of how we operate. It's it goes back to that phrase, like knowledge is, is power. Mm -hmm. It's just something that we engage in. It's a pattern of behavior we have. And with that information gives us the opportunity to kind of upright ace of swords it and say, okay, how can I go in, think this, think about this differently and make some change? I mean, I thank you for talking about it that way, because I think it's so important to sort of say, okay, you have a cognitive distortion. Like maybe you're listening to this and you're like, oh shit, I blame everybody for everything. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. That's not who you are. That's something that you do. That's the thing about cognitive distortions is that they're not personality traits. They're a coping mechanism. And by the way, it's a coping mechanism that you developed for good reason. There, there is very good reason why I became a blamer. And it's because yes. I was always blamed because <laughs> I was scapegoated as a kid. And so exactly. I got really good at figuring out how to never make anything my fault. Okay. And it was an ugly habit. And it's one that I had to deliberately work on changing. I really like that you're bringing the devil card into this. I feel like I could talk about the devil card every single episode. Oh, for sure. Right? Because the devil card really is about cognitive distortions. It is Mm -hmm. about having a voice in your head that says you should do this. And it's a lie. Mm -hmm. It's not true, but it's what you've developed to become a truth. And this idea of I should blame, I need to figure out whose fault this is so I don't get in trouble. That's a lie. And that's the devil card. I kind of want to pair three of swords with the devil now. Yeah. Because I think, I think there's a few components here. We go to that destructive side when we're feeling three of swords or we're fearing three of swords, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the flip side to this too is that when we go to that destructive side, because we're afraid of feeling three of swords or we are feeling three of swords, we're exacerbating that because then we're often left feeling like resentful or even more angry because we feel wronged or the person that we're blaming isn't, isn't also taking responsibility because they're feeling defensive. And then the other person is also angry and pissed. And now everything is just a hot mess. You know, so interesting. I think you're exactly right. And that three of swords, boy, we could spend a lot of time with that because it does come from it and it creates it, right? Like it's both sort of like that phrase, hurt people, hurt people, right? Right. Which sometimes becomes like an excuse rather than an explanation, which is a problem. Right. It's interesting. A a second ago, I split the deck and I pulled um, three of wands and I kind of want to add this one onto this, particularly because this three of wands in Crow Tarot is a little different. I actually posted a on Instagram, like earlier this week, I don't remember what day, doesn't matter. 
it's such an interesting card because in this image, there's um, kind of a two mountains almost. And there's a crow on one mountain and then there's another mountain. And the, the three wands are horizontal rather than vertical. They're laying down and they are actually oh, laying across what sort of look like the two mountains. So although this crow could fly, what's actually happening is that these wands end up sort of looking as if they're a land bridge or that they're a bridge going across. And I love this for three of wands because we think of three of wands as sort of like you're in your adventure and you need to keep going, but keep looking out and you can lean on this wand. And there's so much stability around having those three wands around you. And you've got your hand on one and you kind of like leaning on it. But in this deck, the three wands are laying down and the crow has to walk across it. So to mm. me, this is a card very much about vulnerability. And that's what blaming is about, of being able to say, I need to, I have to go across this really scary gap in the, in the land. And the only way to do it is by trusting that taking this adventure, because it's wands, and going across and having faith in this is going to get me to the other side, rather than sort of saying, I can't get across because somebody took my wands, or like, I can't do right. it because like, Steve, you know? That's what this is about. <laughs> yeah, Brittany Brown's husband, Steve. Poor Steve. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Steve. You can hear from us too. <laughs> you know, I think I, I kind of want to add a component of once you, <laughs> I guess I'm going to give another example of blaming. So let's say you have those wands down, you've gotten past the, oh, I can't do it because, you know, poor Steve. Or, right. <laughs> um, but what happens when you maybe trip in the middle and then you say, oh, well, it's, you didn't put this, this person I was working with didn't put their wand close enough, but that's where it gets kind of complicated because sure, maybe they didn't put it close enough. Maybe they were like an inch off and you had to stretch your legs a little bit, right. but you still chose to walk across. Yeah. So we can't fully blame the other person. I think that's where, um, you know, blaming can be tricky because sure, maybe this person that you're working with or that is in your life or whatever does have some level of responsibility. Like they did something that, you know, led to something else. And, you know, I think that's where, you know, in therapy, we can get some pushback because someone might say, oh, this person pisses me off or this person makes me feel so stupid or inadequate. Oh and, you know, sure, maybe there's something that they did that made you feel stupid. Maybe they looked at you funny or I don't, I don't want to invalidate that, mm -hmm. but there's a difference between saying, Oh, I fucked up because of you, or I feel inadequate because of you, or I feel inadequate around you. Does that make that sense? That makes perfect sense. God, it gets so tricky here, right? Because yeah. <laughs> it gets so tricky because like this is like multiple things can be true at the same time. You yes. can be with somebody who is just sabotaging you and is awful and is truly toxic. And you're only a human being. You know, if somebody is like, right. you know, like tripping you every step of the way, yeah, inevitably you're going to start screwing up. But then we can say, okay, what can you do about it? You know, yeah. like a concept that um, I learned about actually like in education and not in therapy, even though it's a, th a therapy concept is this idea of an external versus internal locus of control. Right. How much of this is about where do I have 
some control over this. All right, this person mm-hmm. is making my life a living hell. They are like, like they're undermining me. They're insulting me. They're screwing up my work. They're telling me to do something like the way I just did it three times ago. Like, okay, what can I do? Well, I can say, all right, I know what I know. I know that mm-hmm. I'm doing the best I can. I know that I have done what I can in these circumstances and okay, maybe I'm going to quit or maybe I'm going to report this person or maybe I'm just going to stop listening to this person. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to listen to everything that they say just because they tell me it's garbage. I mean, oh my God, one time, I don't know why this just popped into my head. I was looking for a job a million years ago. And I was, it was a teaching job I was looking for. And I had my resume and I went over to somebody's, like I went over to an interview and the interview I'm going to go with went badly. And as I got into the interview with the principal, the principal actually like literally took out a red pen off of his deck, an actual red pen, because this was back in the day when we didn't do it computer. Like I, he had a hard copy of my resume and he started marking up my resume in the interview. Mm. Now at that point, I have a choice. This isn't exactly about blaming, but it's like not a bad story. I have a choice about like, am I going to take this to heart? And I'm going to say that that guy ruined my day. Or am I going to say, I think that that guy behaved inappropriately and I'm not going to listen to what he had to say. Long story short, that same resume had gone to a different school, same before there were any edited, a much better school. And I ended up getting that job. So that guy was just a dick. That's a good story. Yeah. The guy probably was just an asshole. I think, I think the other component here, (laughs) so if this was therapy, I think I would, I think I would talk about language and say, are you feeling, I'm using the word inadequate because this is kind of, um, I hear this a lot. Mm -hmm. So are you feeling inadequate or less than because this guy is marking up your paper or your resume in red pen, or are you feeling less than or inadequate because now you're more aware of your insecurities regarding what's on your resume or what's not on your resume. And I feel like there's not much that can be done with the example of this guy, this guy sucks. Sure. Like the guy sucks. Like, but therapy is, there's a lot more that can be done with now I'm aware of my insecurities. Okay. Let's talk about the insecurities because I mean, we could spend a ton of time sifting through those and helping you feel more secure with yourself so that you're not just like, well, screw this dude. Cause I mean, sure. It's helpful to say, you know, well, forget this guy. Like he didn't see my worth or value, but being able to get to that point also includes being able to, for example, analyze and look at your insecurities and know that you're still worth something, even if someone is making you feel uncomfortable and marking up your resume. And I think that's kind of that, that part where you have to make sure you don't skip that. And it's so much easier to say, oh, just say, screw it. And, you know, move on to the next thing. You know, it's the analysis that, that takes the hard work and is uncomfortable, but is worth it in the end. You know, I think what you're saying is such an important point and one that we need to just kind of like pause on. If you find that you're listening to this and you're thinking like, Ooh, I kind of do blame everybody for everything. Cause I can't take it. You really step one might not be taking personal responsibility for things. Step one might be being really gentle and forgiving to yourself. And being able to say, you know, like, even if it were my fault, which I'm not saying it is, but (laughs) even if it were, you know, I still have value. And that, I mean, 
that is a lot of work right there to be able to say that and to mean it. I just Mm -hmm. cut the deck to kind of see what would come out. And I just, I think it's funny. Like I got seven of swords, which is so much about this idea of who's the more swords, right? More swords. And who's the trickster? Who's, who's being an asshole here? Is the person who did the thing that like threw you off the asshole? Like, yeah, maybe. But also, are you kind of being an asshole to yourself? Mm-hmm. 100%. I think, ooh, you know what? That, I'm bringing in the queen of swords now, another swords, because yeah. I think I think she's kind of the goal here, at, at least upright. There's this, um, this kind of inherent uh, level of courage, you know, being able to see these different viewpoints of, am I hurting myself? Am I hurting others? The, the pain that still exists from others and being able to express that or even ask for clarity from anyone, the person you're, you're dealing with, your, yourself, your tarot cards, a friend, um, and being able to kind of remain curious and maybe even a little bit impartial about what's, what's happening, which is really the opposite of blaming. You know, and I want to put right next to that Queen of Cups, because I think that those yes, two really definitely. need to go together. Yeah, there's a clarity of thinking. This is the part I'm responsible for. This is the part that I'm not responsible for. This is the part where I made a mistake. You know, like that's Queen of Swords. Good for you. Yeah. But in order to do that, we sort of need the gentleness of Queen of Cups of like, and you know, it's okay. And oh, I have to admit, I feel kind of embarrassed right now. Or like, yes. I'm a little ashamed of myself. Or I'm I'm worried that you're not going to like me. And being able to sit with that rather than having that be such a distressing idea that I need to push it away immediately by cutting somebody else down. I love where this is going. I love that you paired Queen of Cups with Queen of Swords because now I'm going to bring in Eight of Pentacles, which is another card I pulled because I feel like Queen of Swords, Queen of Cups, and then below it would be Eight of Pentacles because both of those together are really what's encouraging this continual learning process and being willing to work on something, knowing that it might not turn out well or the way you want it to at all. But, you know, both of these, um, these queen energy cards are saying, just, just keep moving forward. And I think it's, it's probably worth us pointing out what does it look like when you're working on not blaming so much? I I know like in therapy, my go-to is by using I statements, because when we're blaming, we're saying you a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. a good example of this eight of pentacles card is just switching language a little bit. The moment you want to say you did this, you pause and you say, I feel blank, not because of you or whatever. You just, I feel blank. It's so powerful because the person that you're talking to suddenly isn't going to become defensive. And then that's where more eight of pentacles or really like three of cups comes in or or yeah, three of cups or three of pen, actually no, three of pentacles, not three of cups. And there's this process of let's work together to figure out what's happening here. I love, oh my God, that was gorgeous. The way you just eight of pentacles, like that was so great. The way you tied that into queen of cups, queen of swords. I mean, and I might even say like, that doesn't have to be an external. And I love that you went there with with three of pentacles, but it's it's probably maybe better to begin with doing that internally. Like don't risk saying that to somebody if you're really edgy and you can't being able to say, I can't believe they, I feel embarrassed. I feel unsure of myself. I feel confused, you know, know, like that's a good one. I feel confused. 
Yes. I think that's where like the spreads that we create and the things that we're doing on the podcast and the prompts that we have in the symposium all come into play because Mm -hmm. the questions that we ask on this, you know, project that we have going are really to help in those internal moments, figure out like what you might be confused about or what might really be happening. And I think that's why we find, you know, therapy so valuable because it gives us this this space to explore things that otherwise would have been really uncomfortable, or it gives us space to do that internal eight of pentacles work if we're not feeling safe enough to do it externally yet. Yes, right. That's exactly right. And I think that that's why people are drawn to tarot is because yeah. it gives us a private place. I, I'm People who are pulling for themselves, it gives us a private right. space to be able to reflect. And, you know, like it might be easier to pull tarot cards than to look at a therapist, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. And to kind of say, okay, let me see if I can sort this out. I just cut again and I pulled the magician, which I love. And I feel like I end up pulling with the magician often as we're recording sort of like towards the end. Like that seems to be a card that pops up. And I, I love it when it does, because it really kind of comes back to this idea of I do have the power to create my own reality. And if I believe that the existence that I live in is everybody else's fault, I need to grab this cup, this pentacle, this sword, and this wand in front of me, and I need to work with them to change it because I can Mm, do that magic. I think that's so right. I love that you pulled the magician because I think what the magician is speaking to is, you know, it it represents all the suits in tarot and being able to say that all of these belong to me, these feelings, the experiences, these thoughts, they all belong to me. But what you do with them is really like where that, that responsibility lies and that accountability, because we, we have the power to turn something into more of a mess or turn into an opportunity for growth. And I think that's what the magician (laughs) um, is speaking to right now. I think you're, that was so good what you just said. (laughs) I want to just spend a minute when we talk about cognitive distortions and we talk about the cognitive distortion of blaming, we really are talking almost exclusively about external blaming. But I think I want to just take a second and say that blame exists on the spectrum and that it can be, uh, we're talking about when it's on one end of the spectrum of I blame everybody else for everything. There is the other end of the spectrum where you're blaming yourself for everything. Mm -hmm. And that is equally unhealthy and untrue. You have to be willing to give people what is theirs to hold on to. And as you remember to give things to other people, you have to keep in mind, we don't know where they're at on their journey of healing from or working through their own cognitive distortions, specifically blaming. So sometimes we have to say, this doesn't belong to me and let it go. God, you know, it's or walk away. What's so amazing about that is that we just looped back to the beginning. We're back to judgment card. Judgment Mm -hmm. card is about you becoming in alignment with your highest self and your own truth. And it's not about allowing yourself to judge other people. You're not being judged. You're being asked to step into your best self. That's what that card means. And it's not your job to condone or excuse or condemn other people. That's not for you. That's for somebody else. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. 
You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at the tarot diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.